0: Let's take our Bibles, and we're going to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. I know that surprises you, <laughs> but uh, this particular lesson that we're going to get to is, is one that, uh, honestly, when I first studied the chapter uh, for this series, um, I actually started laughing in the study when I just came across the thoughts in this one, just because of how God put it together. Amen. Hebrews 11, we'll read verses 1 through 3. And then I'll read one passage for you over in the book of Romans that we've read every week. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And then over in uh, Romans 1:17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith it 's amazing how many times in the Bible God reminds us we need to walk by faith and that we go from faith to faith and I believe the reason for that is we are so prone to live by sight uh, if you 've been saved a while and as we get into the lesson today, I think God'll give us a little reminder of that let 's pray and we 'll get into the thoughts. Father, help us as we look into this chapter and and just some thoughts that you put here for us, may we grab a hold of that, may it help us this week in our faith, may our faith grow, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we've, we've looked in, in these studies at the lives of many individuals, of course the first week we looked at, uh, actually the first two weeks, we looked at God's uh, declaration, His doctrinal statement, if you will, about faith, verses 1 through 3, tells us what it is. We saw that faith is substance, it's the evidence, it's dependence on God. And Then we looked at some of the illustrations. God showed us in the life of Abel uh, some characteristics of faith. We saw in Enoch and Noah and Abraham. And then last week we looked at the life of Sarah uh, and just some of those individual characteristics about faith and and how that she trusted God. and, And in fact, verse 11, if you look at it through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And the chapter continues on with many others that uh, that are living by faith. We see that it'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Abraham a, a bit more. We'll talk about um, Isaac and Jacob and, and, and Joseph and Moses and, and on and on it'll go. And and we see these, the, these lives and we've paid attention to them. But then we come to verse number 13, and God does a parenthesis. You ever do that when you're talking? Um, my wife has done a lot of transcribing of sermons for, book, for printing. Uh, she used to do that for our friend Randy Taylor. Brother Randy is from Dallas, Texas. He doesn't speak English. He speaks Texan. And uh, <laughs> Rhonda would listen to it. She said, Doug, come here. And I'd put the headphones. She said, what is he saying? I don't understand the word. And I'd listen to it. Oh, here's what it is Because I speak Texan. I, I, at least I, I understand it. I speak fluent hibbilly, but, but uh, you know, and, and one person she tried to transcribe for was our pastor at Mount Salem, Preston Judd. Brother Judd has never finished a sentence in his life because he'll start talking, and then he's talking about this over here, and it's just like squirrel, you know, just every sentence. And, uh, but in this chapter, as God's talking about all these individuals, I want you to look now... Uh, Verse number 13. Verse verse number 12, he says, Therefore spring there even of one, and him was as good as dead, uh, so as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable, referring back, of course, to to Isaac. But then God throws a parenthesis in. Verse 13. These all, talk about those we just discussed. These all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I want us to look today for just a little while on the thought of lessons of faith from these all. I believe every verse in our King James Bible is there on purpose and it's in the order God intended it. Amen? I believe we have a perfect Bible. It's interesting to note that in the middle of God discussing all these individuals and all of the detail of their faith, then God stops in verses 13 through 16 and discusses some things about them. He gives us some general thoughts about the faith of the people he had just named. And this morning, we're just going to look at verse number 11. We'll look at the others in, in the next lesson. But it's though God wants to call some special attention to a few items of their faith, that he doesn't want us to miss. You ever talk to somebody like that, and they? But, but wait, I don't want you to miss this, and they'll repeat it. My dad's really good about that, and uh, he just he wants to make sure you get it. And so we're going to look at the faith of these all. Uh, look again at verse number thirteen. These all died in faith. Um, a couple thoughts about that. This is just introduction. They'd ended this life. They died in faith. They were now with God in eternity. Um, and let me just say this, that being a believer and one of faith does not exempt you from the realities of life. Amen. Uh, there is a birth, there's life, and then there's death. You're not going to escape that. My dad used to tell me, said, son, don't take life so seriously. You'll never get out of it alive anyway. <laughs> like, thanks, dad, appreciate that. I'm hoping to. I'm I'm looking for the upper taker. Amen. And uh, I'm looking for the rapture. Job said at this one, Job 14 1, man that is born of women is of few days and full of trouble. Can I get a witness right there? Amen. Sometimes we think that because we're a believer that we're not going to suffer the things everybody else does, but when you read your scriptures, you find that is not the case. This health, wealth, and prosperity gospel that's being preached is a lie believers have problems. Believers have health issues. Believers have setbacks. They lose their jobs. They're betrayed. They're hurt by others. That's just part of being a human. Amen. It's just, I mean, think about Abel. He was misunderstood by his brother. He was then hated by his brother because of God's favor on his sacrifice. He obeyed God. and His brother got mad. You ever wonder why at family reunions you have family members that get mad at you? And all you've done is try to be good to them and demonstrate being a good Christian. Well, many times it's just your testimony as a believer convicts them of what they know they're doing wrong. He was killed by his brother because of his faith. Enoch, he walked with God. But when did he do that? After he learned of coming judgment. When Methuselah was born, uh, when he is gone, it shall be sent. He understood, okay, there's going to come a change. He preached about Christ when no one was listening. Noah, he had a ministry that was mostly ignored or hated, and he was not believed. You ever think about this? He didn't see any results of his ministry outside of his own family. It's interesting to note God never says any of his sons walked with God. doesn't say that about them. We don't know that they didn't, but God did not highlight it. Uh, He saw the world destroyed. He had to leave behind the society that uh, he had known. We saw Abraham. Uh, He had to leave everything he knew. He had to leave his father and his, his family. Uh, he had to wait for God to work out the promises. He had to be willing to slay his son. Sarah, we saw last week, had to follow her husband when God had spoken to him and not to her. I don't think we give her enough credit for that one. We mentioned it briefly in one of the messages when Abraham says to her, Pack up, Sarah, we're moving. Where are we going? I don't know. How are we going to get there? God will tell us. That's tremendous faith in following her husband when she didn't understand. I don't have time to get into any more on that thought, but she had to learn to believe God regarding the promise of Isaac even when it looked impossible. We talked about that last week. She saw her husband's lapses of faith when he doubted God went down into Egypt and lied about her. She endured the consequences of her suggestion that Abraham have a child by Hagar. Yet each of these people of faith can show us that we can trust our God and keep moving forward even when it's difficult. Look there again at verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. Um, They did not get to see the fulfillment of what God had promised to them. They didn't get to see the end of their faith. They'd receive the promises of God, but they didn't see everything accomplished. By the way, go to chapter 12, and this this ties in so well. Um, I'm sorry, we'll we'll start with uh, verse 39 of chapter 11, and we'll go into chapter 12. These all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise... God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Meaning, what they started in faith can't be completed until we finish our journey in faith. Uh, that's why there can't be a judgment seat of Christ until after the this church age is over. Why? Right? Because the rewards aren't done. Uh, I've been thinking about Brother Bobby all week. Now, our family, we've only been here just not quite a year, two weeks it'll be a year. But there wasn't a single service I walked in this building that Brother Bobby didn't take me by the hand and say, Brother Doug, where's your next meeting? What can I pray for? While I was gone, he would go to Rhonda every service when I was gone. All right, where's he at? What's he doing? Where's he preaching? Uh, You know what that is? That's that's investing in a ministry. And uh, uh, we all have that opportunity. Well, what does that mean? It means the faith of those that have gone before us, it's not finished yet. I want to see three reasons why they kept moving forward in faith, even though they didn't see it all. First of all, look there verse 13 again. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. The promises, the, by faith, they saw them afar off. What does that mean? They could, not, they could see God working even if they didn't see the details. One of the things that I think each of us as believers ought to do, we ought to do it as a church, we ought to be looking for areas where it's obvious God's working. You may not understand what he's doing. You may not even see the details, but you see evidences of it. I like looking for God's fingerprints. I have a folder in my desk at home uh, that's labeled God moments. And when I see things in my Christian life or in our ministry, I'll write them down on little three-by-five cards. Then I'll take pictures of that three-by-five card because I'm probably going to lose that piece of paper. And I take a picture with my phone and, and somehow magically Google saves that all the time and I have it. It's just a wonderful thing. And, uh, but anyway, um, I write those things down and throw them in, a, in that file and I'll go back and review them. Why? Because it's so easy from day to day to see God do something, but by tomorrow you've forgotten that. But to be reminded of those, build your faith. These all, they, they saw, they didn't receive the promises, but they saw them afar off. You know, that's exactly the way your Bible is. In Psalm 119, 105, the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I teach that verse to children, I'll bring in two, two object lessons with me. I'll bring in a, uh, one of those mag light flashlights that, you know, you can set that beam and reach way out there. And, and the Bible is that. Uh, the Bible is a, 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 it is a lamp uh, to my feet. It's a light into my path. Uh, the Bible as a, as a lamp is like a Coleman lantern that will show me how to take the next step. You ever tried to light up a campground with a, with a Coleman lantern? It just lights up where you are. Enough to see the next step. Your Bible does that. It, it shows you what to do today. We know from the scriptures, we're commanded, we're to read our Bible, we're to pray, we're, we're to, to be holy, we're to be a witness, it's Sunday, we're supposed to be in church. Amen. There's all kinds of things in the will of God we know because He reveals them to us in the Word of God. But In the Word of God, it's like that, that lamp, but it's also like the light that's focused with a, a, a mirror behind it to see something in the future. The Bible shows me eternity. It shows me heaven. It shows me there's a judgment seat of Christ. It shows me there's a great white throne judgment for those that are not saved. It, it tells me about the marriage supper. Uh, it tells me about the marriage of the Lamb, the marriage supper of the Lamb. It tells me about all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't tell me a whole lot of what's in between those two. That's what these believers were doing. Uh, they had enough faith to believe God for what they saw way in the future. God promised Abraham, I'm going to make of you a nation that there's so many people you can't even number them. Did that happen in his lifetime? No. But by faith he saw it. Uh, We live this Christian life by faith. We read the verse a moment ago, Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. You know why God doesn't give you today the faith you're going to need next year? Because if you knew all that would happen between now and next year, you'd run screaming the other direction. Amen? Aren't you glad God didn't tell you all the details? And these people, they live by faith in promises that they never saw completed. We do not see everything, but we must by faith accept God's promises. Let me ask you a couple questions. Are you willing to keep living by faith, even if you don't see what God's doing, where you want him to do it? we to live by faith. Are you willing to keep living by faith when God makes a promise to you, but you don't see it coming to pass? It's amazing in the life of Moses, that we'll talk about later in the chapter, it, he was raised, of course, you know, he was, he was born to a godly family. He then ended up in Pharaoh's house as, a, as an adopted grandson to Pharaoh. He was taught in all the ways of the Egyptians. Yet at the, when the Bible says in Acts, when he, when he came to the, the full age of 40, it came into his heart to deliver the people of God. At 40, he wanted to lead them out of bondage. But it didn't happen until he was 80. At 40, he tried it in his own strength, and he failed. He had to be taken to the backside of the desert and for 40 years learned to just trust God. He he became a shepherd. And what was God doing? Teaching him to do what he had promised. And that's what God does for us. He makes promises to us. And I see this often in the lives of of a preacher. God will call a man to the ministry. But it may be decades before he does what God put in his heart the day God called him. I wish I had time this morning for some personal illustrations on that, but there's so many things. I have, in one of my Bibles back at the house, I have a list of things in the 80s that God put on my heart to do in ministry, and some of those just got started in the last year. It's just amazing how God will give us a promise, but by faith we've got to keep living for Him day by day until that is accomplished, and you may not see it accomplished in your lifetime. Abel did not live long enough to see the promised seed of the woman. He, he didn't see that. Um, he, he, Enoch did not get to see the Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints, but he preached about it. Abraham never got to see the great nation. He never got to see his seed, which was Christ, the New Testament tells us. But what did he do? He kept going forward by faith. Look again at verse 13. These all uh, died in faith, not having received the promises But having seen them afar off, and notice this, and were persuaded of them. The promises by faith, they saw them afar off, but then they were persuaded. What does that mean? That means they believed God. God made a promise to them. They didn't see how it could happen. They didn't see it coming together, but they still were persuaded. God said that and he means it. They believed what God had promised them. In Romans 4, Uh, Verses 20 and 21, it says about Abraham, he staggered not at the promises of God, of the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I love that. He staggered not. What's that referring to? I think that's specifically referring to Genesis 22, going up on a mountain with his son to offer him as a sacrifice. But he told the men with him, I and the lad will go yonder and we'll come again. He said, I'm bringing my boy back. I don't think he believed he was bringing him back in a body bag. And we'll get to that in another study. But he, he, he believed God. He was persuaded of them. In a couple weeks, we'll see how persuaded that Abraham was. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.12. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. It's he he that will keep us. When we we respond in faith to a promise of God, the results of that are not reliant upon us. They're reliant upon the one who made the promise. That's what Sarah made uh, the promise in in, in verse 11. Look at it there. It says, when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Why were they persuaded? Because they believed God was trustworthy. The truth is most of us as believers are practical atheists. So what do you mean by that? We don't live by any more faith than people who aren't even saved. Because most of us live like the world. We live with what we can see, what we can afford, what our bank account can figure out. But you understand that's not how God's economy works. That's not how how God's ministries work. I've said it before, and I'll go ahead and say it again. I've always wanted, and I've asked God for years, to give me a ministry that cannot be explained. Every church ought to desire that. That you can't look at it and say, well, because we did this marketing theme. No, it's because you obeyed the word of God. That's the marvelous thing about soul winning. God still commands us to go door to door and witness to people and be aggressive in our soul winning. But you know what happens when you got door to door? Often the ones you're talking to the door, they don't come to your church. But God sends somebody else. Why? Because he's faithful. He's the one that builds the church anyway. That doesn't exempt us from doing what he commanded us. Amen. But we're to trust him. I love Acts 27, 25. Acts 27 is a story of Paul on his way to Rome. He's shipwrecked. Of course, at the beginning of the chapter, he tells them, you know, we shouldn't go on this journey. The ship's going to sink, and, and nobody would listen to him. Who's going to listen to a prisoner? In the middle of this, in the middle of, of this, this journey, a storm comes, the uroch like a hurricane on the Mediterranean. The ship was falling apart. They were undergirded by ro- tying ropes around it, trying to hold the hull together. They were chunking everything overboard. That's the southern word for throw. And They were chunking everything overboard, and... In the middle of that, Paul stands up and he tells them, I believe it's verse 24, ye should have hearkened unto me. I told you. You know, it's, it's hilarious. But then, verse number 25, Paul, in the middle of that storm, when they're talking about throwing the prisoners overboard, it says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. He went on to tell them that we're, not, we're going to lose the ship, the lading, everything on the ship is going to be gone, but not one person will be lost. You read the end of chapter 27, and they all made it safe to land. Some on boards and pieces of the ship, but they all made it safe to land. Let me ask you a question. Are you persuaded of what God's promised? By the way, that's how you got saved. You believe God's promise. Acts sixteen thirty and 31, the, 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 the Philippian jailer, he comes rushing into that jail cell after the earthquake and the doors were open. Everyone's bands were loosed and they they brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's a good question to ask a Baptist preacher. They responded and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. You got saved because you believe God's promises. What? Of eternal life probably the most tragic thing about King Agrippa in Acts 26, 28. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You see, by faith, we're to be persuaded of the promises God made to us. Even if we don't see the day-to-day fulfilling of it, even if we don't see how it can come together, by faith, we just believe God and persuaded. Look back at verse 13 of Hebrews 11. One last thought. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them before up, were persuaded of them and embraced them. He confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They embraced them. What does that mean? They made it personal. You know it's one thing to have see your parents with faith. I have great parents. Some of the you met, my dad, one of the greatest Christians I've ever known. But that didn't do for me. Dad could have all the faith in the world. My mom had enough faith as a single lady to go to nursing school, then to go to Bible college, then go to the mission field. That won't do for me. I have to have faith upon which I act. I have to see God's promises. I have to be persuaded of them, and I must embrace them. That's why in Joshua 24, 15, Joshua said, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. With the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice. They embraced them. It's not just a generic promise God was making to these people. They were personal things that they had to respond to. we talked about that last week with Joshua who knew God and his works. The elders who knew God knew about his works. And the next generation knew not God nor his works. Every generation needs to embrace the things of God for themselves. I was raised in a Christian home, but that didn't make me a Christian. I had to trust Christ. And by the way, I'm an independent Baptist, but not because my dad is. I am because this book made me one. There are, let me make this simple. There are no second generation fundamental Baptists. Every generation themselves must choose to stand on the truth from God's Word. You know, one of the biggest problems we have, and one of the reasons we need to lose so many from one generation to the next in our churches is because they have not internalized those things they've seen in their parents or at church. It hasn't been embraced by them. Our biggest challenge as parents and grandparents is to get our children and grandchildren to embrace the promises of God by faith. That's why we need to talk about it as a family. Here's what God did, here's what He promised. Here's what he did. Can you imagine sitting around the table with Abraham and Isaac and Sarah talking about the promises of God? Every generation must not just hear about what God's done, we've got to have it ourselves. Look back again at verse number 11. Through, uh, I'm sorry, verse number 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They understood what happened right now really wasn't what was important. What had God promised them? They were going to believe that no matter what. What is it you believe God for? What promises are you counting on? Are you persuaded of them? If you're persuaded, it'll move you to action. Then embrace them. Make them your own. Make them such a part of you that no one can think of you apart from your faith. When we read these people in Hebrews eleven. We're like, yep, they had faith. Why? Because they saw the promises. They were persuaded. They believed God, and they embraced it. It became who they are. These all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these examples of faith. Thank you for this little parentheses you put in the chapter, just to remind us of why they did what they did. May we have that kind of faith, for it's in Jesus. Then we pray. Amen.